is the 200 level episode 177 and we're starting here for the second half of the illinois minnesota game and what a first half it was illinois leads 48 to 33 fantastic disruptive defense which which led to a lot of transition buckets a half court three-pointer from trent frazier to put the exclamation point on what was a fantastic first half before we get too far into it trevor valise welcome to the 200 level Happy birthday to Isaac Ambrose. By there the way. you go. Happy birthday, that, Isaac uh, Ambrose. Appreciate that it. That was crazy in that you know, we were texting about it. It almost felt to me like Minnesota was the team that was lucky in that first half. <laughs> and you're up 15. They shoot 80% from three, and you're up 15 at halftime. Yeah, and when you look at just the shooting numbers alone for Minnesota, that was... My concern, and Trevor, I know you tweeted out about this. They're showing the replay right now. I'm probably about a minute behind you guys. Uh, Trent's half-court three-pointer. But, you know, Trevor, you made the point on Twitter, and I was thinking the same thing, that Minnesota was making some tough shots. Uh, there was the ki- the guy who had had 12 points all year, and he has this left-handed hook over Kofi. And I'm thinking, okay, let's not make this closer than it needs to be. But overall, to make this a 15-point game hitting in the second half, uh, I mean, other than the Northwestern half, was that the best one you've seen this year? Yeah, I mean, first of all, the Northwestern one should be excluded from any further discussion simply because of how insane it was. That's a team that hasn't won since. I mean, that is truly, like you said, once in a lifetime, you are never going to see a half like that ever again. So obviously, taking out the greatest half of basketball since the Golden State Warriors, this was probably the most complete half when you weigh on the road, opponent, context. And a very strong start to the second half yes. already. So Kofi gets a dunk at, uh, I'm at 1920. Sorry to not give the people at home a timestamp. I'm at 1920 now, Minnesota with the ball. 17-point lead for Illinois. And we get a steal from Trent Frazier, and he'll take it himself. So, Isaac, on your birthday, you were just hoping for any sort of win. But, you know, we'll take style points, I think, especially considering this is a nationally televised game. And for a Saturday afternoon, there's not a lot of other good basketball games on at this instance. So I think a lot of people are tuning in watching Illinois, maybe for the first time. Leave it to Indiana to ruin my college basketball parlay of the day on my birthday. Um, Michigan state decided to pick it up, but yeah, in this game, so satisfying. You see how much better this team can be. If you have one or two of the key role players step up, like Trent and Grandison did in that first half. And you even got some decent minutes from Georgie uh, Curbelo made a couple nice passes. So, again, you see college basketball is a team sport. Iowa and Kofi can only take this team so far. And you have some pieces. This is who we thought this team was going to be throughout the season. Obviously, the Northwestern half, again, was crazy, like you guys said. But that was almost like Iowa, where they can score 90 and not play defense. Like you were saying, Carp, you did both. You played defense, played offense. And, again, Minnesota's been a team that nobody's been able to come in and really and beat at home, especially ranked teams. So the fact that you are up 21 uh, with 18 minutes left, I know there's a lot of game left, but you are treating Minnesota like they are really deep at the bottom of the Big Ten. And they were on the cusp, and I think we talked about this during the Northwestern game and even in our text thread. They were on the cusp, Minnesota, of maybe just really going down the tubes for the rest of the year because of the loss to Robbins, who I know he's playing, but he's not really the same player, and the fact that they are playing themselves out of the NCAA tournament. Now, I'm going to give the people at home a clue as to when we come back from this commercial break, as we have one, just to remind you, the 200 level. I'm going to do one at a time here. going to start with DP Doe online at dpdoe.com. Use coupon code Mike for $5 calzone, $6 premium and construction zones. Hopefully, you can have a celebratory calzone. Isaac, perhaps you can treat yourself to a birthday calzone.
yeah, I'm I'm a buffer zone guy. I love all Buffalo. So DP Dove, if you're listening, I'll take a free one. Okay, that would be nice, which uh, that would be very kind of them. But I wouldn't be surprised because they uh, treat their customers well. And again, they deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. Stay home out of the cold, even though it's weird how 25 degrees and sunny feels balmy after what we had. But stay inside. Let them bring you a piping hot calzone. $5 with coupon code Mike at dpdo.com. Uh, I know, Isaac, you said buffer zone. Mine, back in college, I was going through Hawaiian pizza phase. So it was always the Maui Wowie. Trevor, do you have a particular zone, or if not a signature zone, do you have toppings that are your go-to? I'm totally with Isaac on the buffer. I've always been a big uh, buffalo wing, blue cheese, spicy chicken type of guy. If I don't do buffer, I'd probably lean for like a, there's a chicken bacon ranch type of like barbecue thing. I always like that type of pizza too. So those would be my two. All right, so we are coming back here. I got a Dr. Pepper commercial on just to give you guys, Isaac and Trevor, an idea. I'm already back, by the okay, way. Okay, you're back but already. Since it's, since it's a 21-point game, I figure there's nothing uh, too desperate about making sure we're timed up exactly. Yeah, for sure. So here's the box score that we have so far. 54-33 coming out of a break here with 18.43 to go. I'll let the people at home know if they're timing it when the play starts again. But Trent Frazier with 15, he has been fantastic defensively as well. Very, very disruptive. He has four steals. Kofi with 14. He has four boards. Uh, a little bit quiet on the rebound front, but uh, getting help from other guys like Grandison, who, by the way, has 12 points on the day with three or four shooting, two of two from three-point range. And, oh, yeah, I'll get to the free throws in a bit. This is another story. And Iowa with eight points and five assists. Just a very balanced game from him. And the free throws, guys. Uh, you know, Isaac, I, if I had concerns about this team, other than the inconsistent four or five minute stretches, it was going to be two things turnovers, which they really corrected in the second half of that first half and then free throws. And it's cool to see they address both of those at least for today. It's crazy because and we're back at 1840. Sorry, 1840. We're back. Sorry. Go ahead, Isaac. On the road too, you would expect some turnovers and the turnovers you had in the first half weren't anything crazy or um, just really guys having their heads up their butts. But, and the free oh throws, my Kofi <laughs> must have been, oh Kofi my. with the dunk on another transition uh, feed from Io, and that's his sixth assist, and Kofi's, oh, I think, second dunk. It gets the, better. It gets better. It's 56-33 with 18-10 to go. I'm guessing yet another turnover. Minnesota might just fall apart here, guys. You can go ahead and win by 30 if you keep it up on him. We got a take from Mashburn baseline. He gets kind of stuck in no man's land up to Marcus Carr with eight on the shot clock. He's taking it to the rim. It is up. It is good. So we have 56 to 35, 17.50 to go. Adam Miller. What? What? Was with not a dunk. that. Holy moly. 58.35. So I'm a full minute behind both of you guys. This is embarrassing. As it should be, by the way. I've been pining that Patino's the worst coach and Minnesota is not that good, but this is embarrassing. You know, they are it's Gabe Kalsher. He's just that good of a player, guys. <laughs> he would be a plus 30 in this game, which would make the difference. You know, keep in mind, guys, this was a 16 to 11 game. We got, by the way, uh, timestamp 17, 26 and a half. It looks like Miller will go the line here for a couple. But yeah, 16 to 11, Minnesota had the lead so early that I wasn't really worried, but they were hitting enough shots, Trevor, where I thought, okay, you know, just keep doing what you're doing and they'll regress to the mean. I didn't expect this sort of rock bottom performance from Minnesota, though, because if they win this game, they are in the tournament. I thought they'd be more desperate. Yeah, it had the feel early on of just like that regrettably stupid road game where it's like, really, you're just getting all the bounces. But um, to your point, I mean, 
we have to remember, and I know we've kind of beaten this dead horse, but this is a Minnesota team that beat number three Michigan by 17 and number four Ohio State by 18. And now number five Illinois is in there, and they're beating them 61 to 35. I mean, geez. So this is Io going to the line. He makes his first free throw. So it's about to, I'm still three points behind what is ultimately. Oh, no, it's fine. Don't I mean these are all good things here. And thinking about Minnesota, I got to be honest. I'm just hoping that they don't suck so bad down the stretch that we somehow lose a quad one win. Mm-hmm. Which if they keep oh boy, so we're gonna have a three pointer from Io. Sure, why not? Unbelievable. Uh, long two, well, so sixty one to thirty five. There we go. Trevor, a quad sorry. one, a quad one on the road is top seventy-five. I think you should so maintain like that. 30, if, if they drop forty-five spots in the next two weeks, I mean they've really bottomed <laughs> out. I think Patino might lose his job if they do that. This is Mashburn. He makes an eighteen-footer, so it's sixty-one to thirty-seven with seventeen to go. We have Io on the break. We have a scrum on the floor. He kicks it out to Grandison over to Adam Miller. Please make it. Ah, oh, Adam had the great dunk, but he is still over. From three, sixteen forty-five to go. We got you know, Booth Goff, and uh, yeah, who cares about play-by-play for Minnesota, Trevor? It doesn't matter. I will really. say um, the nice thing, and we've talked about this before with Adam, is no matter what he's doing offensively, I like that a he keeps shooting. And now it does get annoying, right, when you're in a game against an Iowa, and he's like one for seven from three, and he uncorks another one. But I'd, I'd prefer that over uh, shrinking into a shell. And also, he's still really, really good defensively. I mean. I know Trent was the majority of that disruptive first half defense, but Adam's been really good defensively, regardless of how well or poorly he's shooting. Isaac, they, I just see Grandison go to the bench. He's been fantastic today, and I, I don't mind it because DeMonte in this role, I'm starting to feel a little more encouraged, Isaac, about the role that those two guys are going to play, pr- presumably about 20 minutes apiece, kind of splitting that three and four duty and... When DeMonte's on the court, I know he hasn't made a lot of threes recently, but we saw how disruptive he was defensively against Minnesota. The ro- the role players are huge. I mean, that's why Michigan and Ohio State, I think, are so good, and we've talked about recently, is there's not a drop-off when they dip into the bench, and that's just something you've struggled with this year. I mean, Iowa and Kofi play good every single game, right? But if you can get the minutes you expected from DeMonte, from Grandison, from Georgie, from Curbelo, you know, you're just – you're so much more of a threat. I mean, Coleman Hawkins has barely even played this game and you can get some solid minutes out of him too. So, Whoa, Curbelo at 16 with a 15 foot jumper from the line. That wasn't bad looking right there, man. Everything is clicking today. Um, but yeah, you hope, you hope to have a game like this in the tournament, uh, where everybody's just firing on all cylinders. And I do think it all comes back to defense. You have really shut down Minnesota especially the last 10 minutes of the first half and then the first five minutes of this half. I'm trying to figure out what Minnesota's deal is. And what I mean by that is, I guess what they're good at, Trevor, is when they make threes, they're really good. And that's the thing. They made threes in the first half. And, you know, you don't have Robbins at full strength. They got to feed to Kofi. Kofi up and in. So it's 65 to 42 with 15, 20 to go. But, you know, this to me, Trevor, is just what Minnesota's always been. And I'm talking historically. Yeah. They, they never are without talent. And you never go up there thinking, ah, we got this. But yet somehow, some way, Williams Arena is not a big deal. Even for some lesser Illinois teams, it seems that they can go up there and get a win. I, maybe it's just because Illinois has had a better decade against them on the road than, than some other teams. I know, I think I saw something that like Michigan is like 0-8 there this wow. decade or something ridiculous like that. Um, so maybe other people look at the barn as more of a, 
uh, a treacherous place as I, but I don't, I don't see him that way. Like I said, I've been riding this train of Patino sucks. And I don't believe one iota in Minnesota, regardless of how they look because they're just so inconsistent. I took a shot to that take when they made it to the second round of the tournament two years ago uh, with beating a good Louisville team. I never thought they'd get that done, but I just can't long-term trust Minnesota as long as he's the coach there. I, I know I, that sounds like, man, man, that's harsh, but no. he's not a good coach. I he's, mean, he's, Gabe Kauschler shot like 40% from three. And then for the next two years, he shot literally under 20% from three. <laughs> What's that about? I, I just think that he is, instead of maximize his talent, he is very much not minimize what's the middle word. He's mediocreized. That's not a phrase, but you know, he's taken these, this, this conglomeration of players that should be fairly good and made them perfectly average. We'll continue hitting on Patino here as we got a break here. Quick reminder that the uh, 200 level is brought to you by fourth and Kirby. They got a great new shirt. 217 for any ludicrous fans out there. When he came to the assembly hall back during the D Darren era wore that 217 Jersey. This is one of their cooler t-shirts. I know it's going fast, so do not wait to get one. Use coupon code 200 level for 10% off your order at fourth and And then be ready for March 3rd. We're going to have a special guest on the podcast for a t-shirt that will fast become my favorite Illini apparel. So fourth and coupon code 200 level for 10% off at fourthandkirby.com. Let's continue to roast Patino. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, uh, Trevor. Well, I'd love to do that. We had someone just tweeted, all three of us, so what did you guys have for lunch today? Hmm. Let's discuss that after this last roasting about Patino, which I know why Jamal Mashburn Jr. is playing for him. Do you guys know why? Because his dad went there? His dad played for his dad. His dad played for Rick Uh, Patino at Kentucky. And by the way, Jamal Mashburn is one of the most underrated basketball players of the 90s. He was an all-around player, uh, great years for the Mavs, uh, very balanced, and it looks like his kid, I mean, is that he's a freshman, right? Jamal Mashburn Jr. is a freshman. Yeah. Looks pretty good, and I I would not be surprised if he has a shot, too. I'm just blown away that you would have your son, possible NBA player, if everything goes right, you would hitch your wagon to Richard Pitino. That's some loyalty right there that goes above and beyond because there's nothing that Richard Pitino has done to indicate that he's going to grow Jamal Mashburn Jr. into a pro player. You, you had a Klauscher reference, Trevor, and when you look at his numbers, you're exactly right. I mean, they have fallen off a cliff. And I'm not necessarily saying like Pitino is the reason why that's happening, but if you're the coach, like explain to me how your second best player is now your sixth best player as he's developed like that. And I understand he's great defensively. I get that. But I just think that there's enough indictments out there on him to where, and you can also play this game, and I do it sometimes. Like, say he's fired, where is he getting a job? Like, like name the Power Five school that's going to be like, oh, Rich Patino's on the market. Same thing's going to happen maybe to Archie Miller if this continues. And you look at the John Gross thing, where you know, kudos to John Gross for figuring out Akron. By the way, we are back, fifteen oh seven, Minnesota with the ball, twenty in the shot clock, and they just throw it. You wonder, like, <laughs> you wonder if Patino and like Archie Miller, they don't seem like a players coach either. Like sometimes coaches with no. worse records, it's like players just love them. Like John so Gross. That's why they stick around. But mm-hmm. you never, yeah, you never see. I don't know. I don't see the fight in Minnesota players where they're like, "Man, I'm going to go to war for Patino." <laughs> and just the looks on his face. I don't know. Maybe it's just I'm more biased because I've been hanging out with. Um, all the champagne guys the past couple of years, but it it just reminds me of gross. Like you're not going anywhere. Okay, you made a couple of tournaments, but 
your ceiling is so low when you have a guy like Patino. You know, to that point about appearances, it's 14.53 to go. So I'll, I'll call this play real quick. Curbelo inbounds it to Georgie. Georgie up top to Io with 10 on the shot clock, 14.50 to go. 65-42 Illinois. Io going to take it himself, it looks like. From the free throw line, it looks like the Penn State shot last year. He makes it. Sorry, the Michigan shot last year, 67-42. All right, so I have a theory. And this is, you know, I'm talking to my kids about theme in class. And one of the themes is don't judge a book by its cover. Don't judge people based on their appearance. But there is something to be said. <laughs> there is something to be said about the Archie Millers and the Richard Patinos of the world that when they are not winning, their appearance does not help matters. <laughs> do, you, do you guys see where I'm going with this, Trevor? Like, there's something that you can't take confidence. I'm looking at Richard Patino now. How could I take confidence that that guy knows what the hell he's doing and that sure. he's going to figure and, and, it out? And with him, there's so much, uh, whatever you want to call it, ancillary context, whether it's he looks like a strange Weasley character from The Godfather or you know wh- everything surrounding what happened with his dad. It doesn't, you know, any benefit of the doubt you're going to get fair or not based on things like physical appearance or genealogy, how your dad did in the league. Any of that is going to go out the window immediately when you start stinking because people are going to go, you know, people start to look at the things wow. that you otherwise haven't looked at. What a feed from Io. He's going to have probably 12 assists when this thing's all said and done. 69-42, the feed to Georgie. We got 14 minutes to go. And I was trying to think of other guys in the past. Okay, so John Beeline, I understand that he looks like more of an accountant, but he looks like a competent accountant. So I always had this faith that, you know what, he, he probably knows what he's doing. I look at Richard Patino and I see someone that I think is playing the role of a coach. And is less of an actual Fair. coach, if that makes sense. Oh, we got a take from Mashburn Jr., who will probably transfer after this year if he knows what's what. I, Go ahead, Isaac. I might be a little bit ahead. Sorry for interrupting. But if Corbello gets hurt from this doggone court that we were texting about earlier. He slid off I'll of it there. Insanely mad. You know what's stupid about this court is Minnesota gets a dunk on the other end. Holy cow. He just took a big slide right off the floor into a all right so let's see here this is a little bit scary he is getting up and you just wonder if the wind got knocked out of him or what where did he get hit before i see the replay here isaac where did he get hit could you tell he 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 just goes up with his left hand and falls on his butt and slides all the way um out of bounds off the court and it looked like he smacked his tailbone or something into the rail mm, okay but it's just like, why is the court like that? You know, and here's the deal. Dumb. Why this year especially? Because there's you don't need to worry about sight lines. So maybe that was the right. initial idea with this. Or they had a hockey rink. I don't even know because this thing is an ancient building, which, of course, at the very start of this broadcast, the play-by-play guy had to say it was the most underrated arena in college basketball, which is simply not true. But yes, there's no need for a race court, period. And there's especially not a need for one this year. And I keep seeing, Trevor, if you remember, Louisville and Kevin Ware. Do you remember oh, that God, in, yeah. injury back in, I think, 2013? They still went on to make or that win the national painful. title. It was disgusting, right? And I think because he was worried about falling off of it, he kind of landed odd on that court. So, yes, I just want to get out of here with a win and no injuries, and hopefully Corbello is okay. 13 to go. Io is probably going to have to take one here, and he will take one from the free throw line. Unbelievable, guys. He is... Quick, uh... <laughs> He makes a 7146. Quick micro point on Io. This is a really good chance to puff up your player of the year stats. Because I mean, this game is essentially over already. You might as well just drop like another 20 points in garbage time so that you finish with 35 
to you know Wait. improve your 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 status. You know, there's certainly not going to be any taking the foot off the gas pedal, I think, because of that very point, Trevor, where you have a National Player of the Year thing in the mix. And if I'm Underwood, it's the same thing. I say, I'll go go do your thing. As we got this, oh, my good God, an alley-oop to Georgie. 12-15 <laughs> to go. Io is going to have a highlight reel himself this game. And some of the assists, I need to check where he's at. I'm guessing he's at eight or nine. He's at nine assists. 15 points. Do you want Iowa going for National Player of the Year, or do we want to rest him since we have so many games coming up? I think he can do all his damage, and you can still take him out with eight minutes to go. <laughs> I mean, how much time is left? We got twelve minutes. Okay, so let's say we get him up until the six or five minute mark, and and he will he probably finish with all his averages and above that for assist for sure. Io doesn't seem like the guy that wants to sit out either. You know, and I think there's something I mean, about Io's like- game. Oh, go ahead, Trevor. Sorry, we're in like Benjamin Boston's or Doc Tyler Underwood. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there we was half there, of this half to go. Someone tweeted out today, and I don't even know what the Twitter account was about. You can win a jersey if Brandon Liebs dunks the ball the day. We may be in that territory. A Brandon Lieb dunk if this continues at this rate. <laughs> Seventy-three to forty-six, eleven fifty to go. Another miss for Minnesota. This the wheels are coming off for their season is what we're watching here, and Illinois. What a rebound performance from the last two games. And I think it is a case of playing to your opponent because Minnesota's got enough to have contested you today and you don't let them. As Georgie, wow, put back 75-46. I'm getting greedy. Let's win this thing by 40. Okay, so Jamal Mashburn Jr. brings it across. We got 11.25 to go in the half in the game. And wow, just out of sorts. I mean, Klauscher... Would not have been. <laughs> it wouldn't have mattered, guys. A travel on Minnesota. But before we get into more of this beautiful game that we're watching, quick reminder the 200 level is brought to you by Rector Construction online at RECTORConstruction.com or give them a call at 217 281 7000. Serving East Central Illinois and Champaign, whether it is a new roof, which I know we're going to have to get in the next couple of years, or a crawl space inspection or anything in between, go online to RECTORConstruction.com for a free estimate today. That is R-E-C-T-O-R construction.com today. Well, what is your guys' favorite? Today. Hey, we do, for, okay, two things. We're going to talk about lunch. Isaac, did you have any special birthday lunch or you got a special birthday dinner plan? Well, it's been an interesting morning. Um, got some Dunkin' Donuts coffee and okay. then Starbucks. You know, you get a free drink on your birthday. So I, I did not know a, that. Lemonade thing from there. And then... Um, a couple of cookies that my girlfriend's grandma made me and some leftover chicken. So it's been, a it's good start. been all over the place, but we are going out to eat later since things are starting to open up. So, um, yeah, it's been an interesting lunch. All right. Well, enjoy that. Uh, we are going to order Watson's shack and rail. Oh, very, good very tried. good spot in downtown Champaign. We're going to order that and find a, a film to watch. If you guys have any recommendations, Trevor, what was your lunch? for today and what's your dinner going to be i don't know about dinner we went to um harvest market grocery shopping right before the game started and they had their um salad bar back open so i got a a caesar salad with some other stuff thrown in for lunch all right well ethan thank you for the question about lunches there was another question i had for you guys about your favorite ad jingle because as i did r-e-c-t-o-r-construction.com today and it reminded me of the jg wentworth commercials 
877 cash now. Structured settlement and I need cash now. Call JG Wentworth 877 cash now. So is there a commercial other than Cars for Kids, of course, which is I know Lon's favorite jingle? Ah, you took mine. Was that was that the one that you had? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing like 1877 Cars for Kids. No. Have, hey, you've heard that, right, you Isaac? Know, have you heard the Cars for Kids, Isaac? I have. Uh, the commercial is very professionally made. I was going to say, one, the one that sticks in my head is the general, you know? It's like with Shaq, <laughs> yeah. go to the general and save some time. But I've seen the, rock, the rockauto.com one with the super poor animation. And it's yeah. like a it's like a rock band, but the it, oh yes, it yes. just like scares me. It's something you would put in a nightmare um, if you were trying to scare little kids. It's I don't know how the song goes, but it scares the heck out of me. You know, to me, the best ads are the ones that usually air between the Maury Povich, Jerry Springer, and Steve Wilco show. <laughs> Always the best, and you have the workers' compensation ads. You have the Patel Law Mes- for drunk Yo-Yo driving. You got it all. At that, uh, there's the one um, that where the two people say hi, folks. Uh, call this number, and they show like 15 people at phones ready to take your call. And then it comes back like 30 seconds later, and they say, "We're still waiting for you to call." And there's like 18 people waiting for you to pick up the phone. Oh, and for some reason, it's intimidating. They try to put it over on you like it's live. Like she says, "We're here, waiting to take your call," as if like you know, behind them, the person would pick up the phone if you if you called it. That would be intimidating. I feel like I'd be on the spot if I saw that commercial, and I'd, I I would be like, tempted to call. I also like the um, it's something about Empire, and it's like a it's a very yes. Empire soft Furniture, right? Eight hundred five eight eight two three hundred Empire today. That's where the today came from. That's it. It's very calming. All right, seventy five forty six. We're back. Eleven. We're back. Eleven eleven here left in the second half of this. Embarrassing performance by Minnesota. Curbelo is back out there looking good. DeMonte with a three. Why not? Everything's clicking. 78 to 46. Guys, I was talking on the last solo pod about how, for me, any season that is memorable, and this is going to sound, duh, carp, but the most memorable seasons are comprised of a handful of moments, or you can count on two hands the moments that you remember. And I got to be honest, as I'm watching this game, as I settled in for it, Today, I didn't think it would necessarily be that, but this is getting in that territory where we're going to remember the ass-kicking at Williams Arena. So it's kind of exciting to watch these moments for a team that is continuing to, I think, get into the swing of things, Trevor, and just continue to add these things to what we'll remember about them. Well, and how many have we had like this? I mean, we've been waiting for a laugher for a while. I mean, you had, of course, the second half against Northwestern that was a laugher, but that was a 15-point deficit. Uh, I'm trying to just think, especially given the context of being on the road. And I mean, I know we're kind of crapping on Minnesota and rightfully so, but I mean, it's going to be a tournament team and you're, I mean, well on pace to a hundred points and there's 10 minutes left in the game still and you're at 80. So, I mean, this is just one of those kind of like you mentioned, like if there's a no hitter, there's probably four outs. You can remember a diving play or something. And, and after a great season, there's probably five or six moments you can remember. This will be one that maybe you don't remember in terms of a specific moment. But if they're showing, you know, if they have Illinois Day on BTN, oh, this is one that you can just sit back and have on for an hour and just laugh about. Yeah. It's just so much fun. You're right. This is going to be one of those. They have condensed games on YouTube, at least until the copyright comes down on them. And this would be one that tomorrow morning as I have breakfast, I'll be thinking, yeah, why not? Because it's going to be enjoyable. Right now it is 80 to 48 with 10-10 to go. Minnesota, this is Carr taking it to the rim. 
in traffic. He kicks it back out to that Brandon Johnson guy, air ball, but apparently he got fouled. <laughs> Demonte, nonplussed about it. I need to see the replay. Actually, I say I need to see the replay to see if he was fouled or not, but who cares? He could make all free, three free throws and it wouldn't matter. Okay, so uh, guys, we can fortunately talk some macro stuff with 10.03 to go here in the second half, and that is now the schedule is complete. The schedule is complete. And Isaac, let's start with you. As we look down at the final week of the season, not to look ahead of Michigan State or Nebraska, despite what Michigan State did today at Indiana, I think you'll you'll be okay. But the last week of the season at Wisconsin, at Michigan, at Ohio State, gut reaction, how many wins are you getting in that three-game stretch, and who are they against? Um, I, I think you win two. You're going to beat Wisconsin again. And I think you beat Michigan and lose to Ohio State. I I know Michigan's good. They're all-around talented. But I like Kofi against Dickinson. I don't really see anybody guarding up Iowa very well. Not that anybody does. But then Ohio State, man, it's something about Liddell stretching you out. And everybody on Ohio State can have a day, you know. And we'll see. Maybe I'll change my mind after tomorrow if Michigan goes to – Columbus and beats up on Ohio. It's is it in Columbus? Tomorrow? Oh my God! Crabella with uh, it behind the back to Kofi with nine forty-five. The game is in Columbus, right? Because okay, so Ohio State's favorites, yeah. two and a half point favorites. Yeah. Yep. Maybe I'll change my mind, but um, I think we go two and one and lose to Ohio State. Okay. And Trevor, I got to be honest. That's kind of my inclination too. I, I don't know. I, I, I think. Isaac hit it as to why Ohio State concerns me a little bit more than Michigan. I actually think Michigan's a decent enough matchup for Illinois. And I like, Trevor, the fact we can have this conversation that as long as they do their job next week, we still might enter that final season, final week of the season with our destiny in our hands. That's definitely a nice part about it in that um, my I think my uh, Austin Berkman calls it pre-mad. My pre-mad feeling was only going to be if a we never got the Michigan game or if B Michigan barely ever restarted and played one game and didn't look good you know things like that where if we reached the end of the season it would somehow feel fluky or or unearned sure if Michigan were to win the title but now I think at least the nice part obviously it's scary because you look at that final week and you go whoa three road games against and I know Wisconsin's down but still three tough road games yeah but at least you have, to your point, Carp, you know, your destiny in front of you. I wouldn't necessarily say you control your own destiny because you still need a few things to happen between Michigan and Ohio State. But I'm just glad that you can sit back and know that, you know, come Selection Sunday, if Illinois is a two seed, we can't sit there and complain like, well, we got gypped because, hey, you know, if you lose to Michigan on the road, then you lose to Ohio State again, like, you know, you had your chance and that is what it is. And, and, it's not a failure to miss on those chances, but I'm just I'm taking solace in the fact that we will at least have those chances. Yeah, absolutely. I think that this next week, you know, Michigan State is not something I'm going to completely gloss over because, you know, the talent is there. But the way I'm seeing Illinois perform tonight, I actually think the road games may be beneficial down the stretch because it only adds to the urgency and the sense that, well, we got to bring it tonight as opposed to State Farm Center while the Wisconsin and Iowa performances were good. You saw some lethargic play against Northwestern, and you certainly saw it before you beat Iowa at home. So I think that getting on the road in preparation for the NCAA tournament, I don't mind that for this team. I think that distance might actually... 
benefit them. Okay, so something good's about to happen, apparently. This, this game is basketball it, sex. 82-52. It, it, it's like the with the ball. generals. 8.50 to go, so let's see what happens here. Iowa gets a pick up top. He's taking it to the rim. That's just a beautiful 15-foot jumper. Very NBA-esque. He is making a statement today. 84 to 52. Was there something else after that, guys? Or was it, okay, well, we have another steal from Trent, and we're going to have Curbelo, and he is going to, oh, my Lord, give it right back to Io for the layup. 825 to go. It is an 86 to 52 lead. All right, let's make a prediction. How many points does Illinois have when the clock hits zero? What do you think, Isaac? 102. Trevor? Oh, that's a great number, Isaac. I will go with, um, okay, we're at 86. I'll go with 99 just to be annoying. I'm going to go with 110. Wow. I'm going to go 24 more points. Jermaine Hamlin gets a double-double in the last seven minutes. Why the hell not? Brandon Lieb gets a dunk and someone wins a free jersey. <laughs> Coleman Hawkins misses the three, but Curbelo is, ugh, okay. I, I think 110 might have been a bit of a stretch. Can I Can I change mine? What was, yours, what was yours, Isaac? 102? 102, over-under. Okay, I'll go with 105. I'll go with the high end here. I, I, if I went 103, that'd be too prices righty, so I shouldn't do that. Things are going to slow down here, though. I mean, you're bringing in Jermaine Hamlin in this next break. Yeah, but I think Minnesota's going to be in a hurry to score, so you'll, on offense, get the ball back quick. We'll see. How, we'll see. This how fun, much do though. you guys think style points matter in this game for the specific comparison, like let's say somehow it gets mucked up at the top mm-hmm. and you've got Michigan is for sure the one, but let's say like Illinois and Ohio State are both right there in the conversation for the second one. How much do you think it would actually matter? And it's just one game, so it shouldn't matter that much. And obviously head-to-heads will take care of it. But I mean, if you have Illinois and Ohio State sitting right there in the discussion and you go, okay, Ohio State lost by 18 at Minnesota, <laughs> Illinois won by 46 or something. You know what I mean? I think that margins matter. I think that as if we're being realistic here, I think it is more realistic that Illinois versus Ohio state is for the final one seed more than any big 10 title implications. If we're Mm -hmm. probably looking at the likelier outcome. So that's why I hope Isaac, you and I are, are wrong about Ohio state being the tougher of the two road games against Michigan or Ohio state. Because that final game of the season is going to have a lot on it. But in terms of the style points against a team like Minnesota, I don't think it hurts. I think the next week for Illinois is another opportunity to get two style point victories because you get a road win at Michigan State, a team that is going to be playing for their NCAA tournament lives. Essentially, if they beat Illinois, they're probably going to be last four in is the jump I think they could make with that. And then Nebraska, which by now they have to just be dead. Like There can't be any legs under those guys. So yeah, I think style points matter. Trevor, I think that style points and margin of victory in the last two weeks of the season, or the last three weeks of the season especially, matter. So, yeah, this is nothing to sneeze at. To the tournament committee, like for seed line, this is huge. Kind of, I mean, you guys have already been talking about it, but if you have to choose between Illinois and Ohio State, you know, and we split the regular season and they're trying to decide who to put on that one line, and you see the Minnesota game, it's this says a lot because nobody's been able to come in here. Besides Maryland, randomly, but very random. Uh, this is this is good for your. If the committee's looking at this and they're like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. This is by far the outlier when it comes to playing at the barn this season. I mean, they've beaten every ranked team that's coming in here, so this this definitely says a lot. 
I'm now, what, go ahead, Trevor. The key is, Carp, to your point, just real quick, let's make sure Minnesota doesn't lose their next four games by 20-plus points right. and completely destroy any narrative that they're good at home. Let's make sure this is more of an outlier for the Yeah, Illinois. what is their... I need to check their schedule coming up here because... I don't want them to really, really suck. I want them to still win a few more games. And I mean, here's the thing. The Big Ten is going to get the benefit of the doubt with these picks in the tournament. It's one of those years where we see Minnesota up close and we think, oh my God, these guys stink. But compared to other teams nationally, no, they're actually probably worthy of an NCAA tournament spot. We just, I think we're yeah. so close to it in the Big Ten. We have Minnesota playing Northwestern on Thursday at home. For the love of God, don't lose that game. I will be rooting for Minnesota for a variety of reasons. Then you have at Nebraska, at Penn State, and Rutgers. So it is actually a favorable schedule. I think you should have to, oh my gosh, okay, you so should Trent have to here. win at least one road game to make the tournament. I don't care where it's at. I think that's fair, actually. Uh, we got a three. No, okay. Adam Miller with the pump fake. He is kicking it over to Trent. Trent back up to Coleman Hawkins. is 722 to go. After this, got to remind you of one more sponsor here for the Tuner Level IO misses it going the other way real quick 715 to go in the half illinois up 86 to 52 the 200 level brought to you by state farm agent brian hansen online at brianismyguy.com for life auto home business renters you name it brianismyguy.com helped us out with homeowners and auto great state farm prices and personalized service a dunk from coleman hawkins on the feed from io what does io have 14 assists i need to check it brian is my guy does he have let's see he's going he's gunning for another triple double we have Iowa with 19 points, 10 assists, 6 boards. So he needs oh. to be in the right place at the right time for the rebounds. Okay, we got uh, an offensive I say an offensive set for Minnesota. They're really just existing right now. They aren't doing anything <laughs> else. 88 to 52. I Wow, what a take there for Brandon Johnson. Which Bardo was really into that because he's from the state of Illinois. I've never heard of him. Um, didn't care to learn his name until Bardo drilled it into my head, and he was apparently going to come out and drop 20 on us tonight, but he does have 10. Oh, he was called a timeout. <laughs> okay, so Trent with the steal, he's going to take it now on the break himself. He misses it, it's going now the other way. We got kind of a wild goose chase out there, Isaac. Yeah, I was just going to say, you were in the final two or three for uh, Brandon Johnson, I'm pretty sure, back oh. when. Him, Shondi Brown, uh, Carlick Jones. Oh, that's right. Else. You basically missed on all those transfers, and Brandon Johnson was one of them. Well, screw him. We probably gave him an <laughs> offer, and he doesn't want to come. I mean, He's single-handedly the reason Minnesota beat Iowa at home. He went like seven for eight from three or something. Where did he play last year? I forget the school. Western He's, Michigan. There you go. That's right. I, I remember that name popping up in the summer thinking, well, that would be a good fit. But no, from the state of Illinois, apparently. Did not know that. We have a break here. I think, yeah, a timeout from Minnesota. Is that right? They're they're kind of regrouping here, Trevor. And I think, okay, what would a play-by-play guy say now? I think that what they would be talking about, Trevor, is something like, you know, listen, now it's just all about pride. Yeah, something like just that. Just staying engaged. Minnesota trying to lick their wounds in this timeout. And, and Stephen, for Minnesota, just trying to save this game, maybe cut it to 20 instead of 30. That's what he'd say. Something like that. They're showing us the bowels of Williams Arena. What a crap hole that is. It's not cute. Someone's going to get hurt on that stupid elevated floor. And do you? Yeah. Do you remember? I there was a feature on game day once. I don't know why this is etched into my memory. Where I think it was Bo Ryan 
he had the Wisconsin players basically like, you know, uh, like fireman roll off the floor onto the deck below it. And like the harder they slapped, the more applause he gave them or something. It was hmm. very weird. That's odd. It seems like, I don't know, like an old school Hoosiers, Gene Hackman kind of thing. Was it, it in preparation for games at Minnesota? Is that why? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, like they, they got there and he had Ben Brust and those guys like somersault roll off the court as hard as they could to like take charges or something. It was very strange. All right, 88-57. We got a foul on Minnesota, so it looks like oh, that's only their fifth, so we will not go to the line here. Five eleven. All right, Iowa's done quite a bit, and when do you take him out? Is he going out now? No, he's just walking around. When do you take Those him out? Keep him in. Keep him in? Staff. Yeah, I just don't want a Derrick Rose situation here. Yeah. All right, Io <laughs> gets the pick, and he feeds it over to Coleman Hawkins. Will he finally make a three? That was an air ball, but is that going to count as a rebound? Oh, I thought he almost got another one there. Okay, Minnesota with the ball. A 88-57 with five to go. Go ahead, Isaac. Can Sorry. we name the uh, barn like the slaughterhouse or the trough just because we always beat up Minnesota or we're always eating on them or something like that? I don't know. Well, this does What's call the title going to be? Right. What do we call it? I mean, we already uh, use it. The, the, the trough. The slaughter. Or, uh, hmm. I had one, and I what was it? Gosh darn it. Trent taking it to the rim here. Kicks it over to Adam Miller. Adam Miller, three is good. There we go. 91 hey, to six. Hey, we've got uh, we got two more rebounds from Io here on the last two possessions. Hey, okay. Well, that's exactly okay. what he's gunning for, guys. He's going for the triple-double. There's no doubt. I'm going to watch him on this defensive possession. 4.15 to go, and you see him just eyeing that. Thank you. Another rebound for him. That was easy. 4.10 to go. I'm going to call this play here before the under-four timeout. Oh, God. And Underwood is... <laughs> <laughs> what? I think it hit when's him in the, the face. Like, when's the last time somebody had two triple doubles, do you think? Because Iowa was like the first one to do it in forever, it seemed like. Good question. I don't know. The last guy to have multiple triple doubles in a year. For Illinois, it's never happened. So we w- we might see history again here, guys. Io has eight boards. He's going to finish this game and try to get two more rebounds. Get it, Io. Okay. I think that's his eighth because I am a little bit behind you guys. So we have Iowa with the ball, 355 to go, 91 to 60. Grandison feeds it down to Jermaine Hamlin. Hamlin, okay. And we're playing a a two-man game with Trent Frazier and Hamlin who gets blocked. Grandison was there, but we got a foul, and Hamlin will go the line with a chance to score. Okay, so 91 to 60. We got a break in the action here. What a fun game this has been. I had an idea for the title and dadgummit, or dadgummit. I think I forgot it. I don't know. Should go for a pun title, you think, Trevor? He has nine now, so we're, we've got four minutes left here to get him one rebound. Okay, I think we can do um, that. Barn, barn, let's Something see. Something about manure? Hmm. So we're going farm um, slash barn slash poop. Going the direction of poop. But the thing was, it was only poop in their perspective. For us, it is just Io beautiful. takes a poop in the barn on, on Minnesota. <laughs> I like the literal... Like, Episode 177, Io takes a poop in the barn. Mike Carpenter here with Trevor Belize and Isaac Ambrose. I mean, I've never put any sort of uh, poop-related mention, I don't think, in a title. Okay, I just Googled uh, barn puns. Barn puns. Okay, here we go. The internet connection in my farm is really sketchy, so I moved to the barn. Now I have stable Wi-Fi. Oh, wow. Harry would appreciate that. Hey, here's, a, here's another ad that we see sometimes, the Carfox ad. 
the Carfax, but it's the Car Fox for oh, Carfax. Yeah. That's I see that during the midday. I haven't watched the Maury Jerry Steve Wilkos run in a while, but I remember that being there too. What about like, hey, that's what we've been meaning to look, or like, hey, that's how we're supposed to play. But hey, like, hey for horses. H a y like a hay bar- barrel of hay or a uh, hey. The team we've been waiting for. I see. Okay. Well, I do like the idea that this game was a rebound of sorts. It was a full 40 minutes. Yeah. Hmm. How do cows light their barns? How do cows light their barns? Something with udder, an udder reference? Milk? With moo lighting. Oh, wow. Um, Man, what, what website are you on? Did you just Google barn puns? That's what you did, right? Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. Who knew there were so many? Well, we'll figure it out. We won't bore the listeners with that. Um, there's got to be there's something that's going to pop up, and we're going to say that's it. I could ask the Twitterverse, and people are loving it right now. I'm checking my Twitter mentions, and I think Alana, well, you actually should. We haven't surveyed for a title in a long time. Okay. Well, I'm doing this right now. Any pun title ideas for today's game? I'm getting this up on Twitter. Let's By the way, I like how it's not offensive at all, and it's fine because like if Minnesota wants to stop them, they should. But I just love how Io is so clearly in this game with four scrubs right now, just trying to get one rebound. Yeah, why not? Listen, national player like of the year race. It's embracing it. I like it, Isaac. It's it's just like when uh, somebody's in clearly for fantasy football results. You know, at the end of the game, just to pad the stats. We got Evan Mobley here. For a second, I thought that was the Minnesota court. But no, Evan Mobley and USC, and they're actually pretty good this year, even though I don't know if the Pac-10 is really worth much. But okay, we are back here, 91 to 60. Illinois shooting 60% from the field today, 31 fast break points. That's pretty incredible. So Io is a rebound away from his second triple-double of the year. He will be the first Illini ever to do that if he can get one more board. I see Tyler Underwood in the game. Remember, guys, when he actually got significant tick. So we've come a long way. We might uh, get a, we might get another huge. Let's go if Io gets another rebound. Here. Okay, I'm ready for it. We got a miss from Hamlin on the first free throw. Three forty-five to go. Here's the second one. He makes it. All right, he's on the board. I think his first point of the year, unless he had one against North Carolina A and T or something. Ninety-two Ooh. to sixty. Okay, let's see here. Something good, at least, judging by that sound. Minnesota ball. Three forty-five to go. Io is Wait, camping hap- out. I'm confused. What happened? I, I haven't seen anything. I thought Io was about to get his board. Hmm, oh, okay. well, we got Jamal Mashburn Jr. bringing it up with 3:40 to go, 92 to 60 Illinois lead. Pick up top. Miller following Mashburn over the pick, and we got oh. Io up top. Looks like Minnesota. Okay, so Io is sort of inching towards the rim. He tells Tyler Underwood to go back up top. He's positioning himself for something. We got a miss, a block there from Hamlin. How about that? So 3.20 to go. Come on, Io, get that rebound. It's so much fun to watch this game, not in doubt, and root for a rebound, a single solitary rebound. Can Io just toss the ball off himself to the backboard or something? Sure. He could purposely miss a layup. We got a miss from Adam Miller, 92 to 63 minutes to go. We're doing the play-by-play intently for that rebound. That's a long miss. We got it. We got it. We got it. Okay, so this is a shot from Ashburn. Two fifty to go. It is good. So I'm about a uh, thirty seconds behind you guys. <laughs> they immediately sub him out for like Zach Griffith <laughs> as soon okay. as he gets it. Okay, it's so literally- here we go. Here's the moment. Iowa with the ball, over to 
is BBV getting some tick here? We got Tyler Underwood over to Io. Io up at the top of the key with 2.30 to go. Now it's BBV again over to Tyler Underwood doing a little weave action. This is going to be BBV. He will no give it to Hamlin. Back up to Tyler Underwood over to Adam Miller. I'm, I'm a full minute behind you guys. Adam Miller will take it. It's blocked. So is it coming up here in the Minnesota Miss? 2.15 to go. Mashburn with the ball over to, I don't know, missing. There we go. We have a triple-double for Io DeSumo. It's the fourth since cool history, and Io has two. That's unbelievable. In two weeks. Hey, that might have been the best lineup of the year. BBV, Underwood, Hamlin, Miller, and Io. It goes to show you if you got Io DeSumo, it doesn't matter who you surround him with. You could put... <laughs> BBV out there in a second game action. I think that's only the second game he's played this year. This is incredible, guys. If there is a triple-double pun, and I don't know what that would be, but that's the story. On top of just kicking their butt, but that's incredible. Io milks all three cows. <laughs> I like that we're really going for, for the cow slash farm <laughs> animal thing here. We got, let's see here, Golden Wind, Barnst- I already did Barnstorming. I had that one last time. The dose is out of the barn. Patine, oh no. Something about triple-double. Yeah, it's got to be triple-double related, right? Yeah. Could you do like dose or uh, triple-dose? Dose? I don't know. Dose is two. I mean, triple-dose. Would that work? I mean, it doesn't need to be an award-winning title, I guess. As long as people know what we're talking about. That's a pun on multiple levels, I think. I'm good with that. His nickname is Dose. He's his second triple-double. Triple-dose. Okay, let's just go triple dose. What the hell? We don't need to think too much about it. it. It sounds good off the tongue, and we'll go with it. 92 to 63. Trevor, I think your final score prediction is going to be the closest, unless there's a flurry here from Tyler Underwood. Adam Miller is going to snake his way over to BBV. He's a big guy. Hey, good Lord. In. He makes a nice little hook shot there. What's Whoever, that? Uh, enter, entered the uh, Brandon Lee dunk contest award might get it because he's coming in. He's coming in. Left. All right. Hey, and the good thing is you don't need to worry about a redshirt situation here. There's Glabe. Glabe. I've said this about three times in the last podcast. Glabe Klauscher. It is Gabe Klauscher. So there's the schedule for Minnesota. I'll be rooting for them going forward because you have two dominant wins against them. And I think in the net ranking that matters, right, Trevor? The margin matters. Yes. It does. And the road win margin can't hurt. All yeah. right. Tyler Underwood with the ball. Let's see here if we can't get a Brandon Lieb dunk. He sets the pick up top. A nice little pick and roll action. Oh, my goodness. As close as you're going to get, but he gets stuffed. And then he's just, eh, okay. Well, he's, listen, he's raw. He's raw. He's going to work on it. He'll be fine. 30 seconds to go. And tell you what, Tyler Underwood playing with some fire out there, making the most of it. Well, guys, this has been fun. 30 seconds to go. I did not expect this. I expected a win. I did not expect a 30-point win at Minnesota. And it doesn't help or it doesn't hurt the uh, National Player of the Year conversation to say that Illinois has had four triple doubles in history and two of them have come in the last 10 days. That's incredible. <laughs> that is so cool. I mean, I will tell you guys this, and I've, I've said this, I think, a few times the last couple of weeks, but this is the best season any Illinois player has ever had. And it's... Yep. It is backed up not just by the stats. Statistically, it's the best. But the fact that he is making every single big play that is asked of him. The clock is going to run out here. Illinois wins 94-63. to Brad Underwood graciously fist bumps Richard Pitino, 
who knows his days are probably numbered, unless Minnesota just really doesn't care about their basketball program. And that's a big one at the barn. Illinois this, goes to 12 and three in the Big Ten. This is really going to start being where you have to watch. You have to watch Illinois every night and you have to watch Iowa every night just to see what Garza and Iowa are going to do back and forth. And you We've know what? reached like McGuire Sosa levels of flip back and forth here. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it will be fun to see. I think Garza will respond because these guys, Io says all the right things. And he was great, by the way, on the score. If you guys haven't checked that podcast out, he was really good with Spiegel and, and Parkins in the afternoon on Friday. But, you know, he knows it. He says all the right things about his teammates and that, you know, I wouldn't be able to do this without my teammates. And, and that is true to an extent. But he knows what is out there. And so does Brad Underwood. And I got to give Brad Underwood credit for not doing this as an old school guy. I was maybe concerned that he would say, listen, Io, I got to get you out of there. I'm going to get the scrubs in. We got to protect you. But he recognized the moment. I think that's cool, Trevor, that as a coach, he did recognize that and let Io go, go get it and then said, okay, you got it. Now get out. Oh, yeah. I love the, uh, I guess it's pettiness in a way. Like if you're Minnesota, you're going really, come on. But I mean, I love it. <laughs> it's it's blatantly obvious what he was doing, but why not do it? Oh God, I just thought of it, guys. We, we've been going with cow puns, and I still want to go triple dose. Dasu moo. Oh, that's a good. But one. it's just it's so. Well, I mean, we gotta go triple double here. Oh, oh I don't know. What you like to sue moo? I, 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 res- I respect the poor humor of that Thank so you. much. It is pretty I- awful. Hey, and when can you use a cow IO me or IO pun? <laughs> I mean, today? what would have to happen though is the first line of the episode description would have to reference the barn. You have to immediately right. remind people that why would they call this to sue moo and then barn and then we go farm. Do cows live in a barn or a stable? See, that's the thing. What I is this like show on live. Fox? I just saw Tarantula oh. come out of a, a mouth. Game of Talents with Wayne know. Brady? What the hell was that? Well, hey, guys, uh, that was fun. We're going to be back on Tuesday. And hey, you don't need a whole lot of coffee for that one. It's a 6 p.m. start, if you know what I'm saying. So that'll be nice. I actually do like the early starts, though. And that's going to be the next couple games, I think, 6 p.m. for Michigan State. I think 6 p.m. as well for Nebraska on Thursday. And then you run the gamut of Wisconsin, which is this is crazy, guys. We're a week away from at Wisconsin. And we're two weeks away from the final regular season game of the year. It's going it's going too fast. It's going too fast right now. Do you guys think that if Michigan, let's just say hypothetically, were to beat Ohio State by 15, would Illinois go above them just based on how dominant they were? Would okay, say that one more time. Michigan beats. I'm sorry, as in like the AP poll, like if if because you think that if Michigan or Ohio State wins a close game, no one is going to punish the loser of that game by dropping them. But the way I mean, Illinois won this game, if one team decisively wins that game, does Illinois sort of pass them for second in the Big Ten? It just at least, you know, sort of metaphorically this, right now. Yeah. The thing about Ohio State is they just have so many quad one wins. I think you still don't have as many as them, even after today. They have one more, I think, than you do. I think they're at seven, you're at yeah. six, or they're at eight and you're at seven, something like that. You are at least in the top three or four in the country with quad one wins. I think, Trevor, for that to happen it would have to be Ohio State as the home team losing by, like, double digits. Yeah. Right? I don't think Michigan, I think they would get enough grace where they would go from three to four. They would just flip if Michigan lost. If Ohio State loses in in decisive fashion at home, then, yeah, I think that you could get that movement to four. And, you know, listen, 
to me, there are two different things we're looking at. The first one I think is less likely, which is a Big Ten title, because of all the things that would have to go right, and Michigan's easy schedule. And they probably will not play all 20 games, which, depending on one percentage, could hurt or help you. So that needs to play out. But the thing that I think is far more likely is getting a few more quality wins and one of them being at Ohio State to just leapfrog them, Big Ten title or not, and get that final one seed, which would be gigantic to avoid Baylor and Gonzaga. And even if for some reason you lose that game, let's say in a heartbreaking fashion, I suppose maybe not, but maybe you still have enough of a shot in the Big Ten tournament to leapfrog them. Like maybe let's say you play Iowa and beat them, Ohio State and beat them again, and then, I don't know, win the Big Ten tournament title. Like, wouldn't yep. that vault you above Ohio State even if you lost to them twice in the regular season? Potentially. Potentially. I, I, I got to say, like, after a performance like today, the prediction I made on the solo podcast a couple days ago was that with Michigan now on the docket, or when I recorded it, it was before the game was rescheduled. So I said, if we play Michigan, I think that two losses may be likely. And I was going off of what we saw the previous two games against Northwestern and Nebraska. Hey, we're still really good. We're going to hold that two line. But at Ohio State, at Michigan, that's tough. I tell you what, though, after today, maybe there's maybe this is right in front of us. The way that Iowa is playing, the way that the supporting cast is playing around him. Kofi, by his standards, was quiet today. Didn't matter. Maybe it's right in front of us, guys. And this is an Illinois team that's not going to lose again in the regular season. It, it could be that simple. You have the best player in the nation, and that's going to propel you to what you need. He is, I think Jeremy said this after the Wisconsin game. He is smelling blood in the water, right? Like a shark. And this is, what if it's staring us in the face that they're going to win out? The thing is, wouldn't you still, couldn't you still possibly fall behind Michigan just because they would, even if they only lose to you, they would still be ahead? It, oh, well, yes. this is where the win percentage gets interesting. Let's say they play 17 games and they're 15 and two. Is that a better win percentage than 17 and three? I think it is. Hmm. Wouldn't that but suck? But you beat them head to head, which is just so stupid. <laughs> which at that point, you would hope the Big Ten would step in and say, because they didn't finish their other three games and Illinois won the head to head, they can award, they could award us co champions. I wouldn't care. But that. This is something where the Big Ten not stepping in. I gave them some grace in the football season because it was the first go-round, even though they had plenty of time to figure that crap out. But this is kind of embarrassing. And to see that Michigan probably will not play 20 games this year, and yet we have, that, to, we have to have the schedule crunch as a, as a result. That is frustrating that you're forced to play that many. I mean, it's going to be fun for us as fans, but for the players and the coaches, it's like, gee whiz, every other night you're going to be playing a game. And... I think for something like that to happen where Illinois gets co-champ because of the winning percentage, that would sadly require the Big Ten Conference to have some sort of common sense, which I don't think they really have. It doesn't seem like it, right? I, I do long for the Jim Delaney, Jim Delaney, I said Delaney, Jim Delaney days because there was more decisiveness. There just was. Uh, but that's a whole other now, can of worms right there. Trevor? I mean, you know, just a final point there. The other thing is Michigan has looked so good and I'm kind of with you, Carp, in the sense that I'm just resigned to the fact that they're that good. Keep in mind, the postponed games we're talking about are Northwestern, Indiana, and Penn State. So, I mean, yes, of course, it will be annoying. They would have won play the hypothetical game. Yeah. But don't tell me that, like, hey, you know, they didn't get their shot at Northwestern. Like, okay, they would have won that game. Right. No, I agree with that. The, the games that they lost out because of this postponement actually might have been beneficial for us. So you got the game on March 2nd, but there was a lot of other impactful games before that. Michigan State, 
I, I hate to use the trap game narrative, but because they will be playing for their NCAA tournament lives, I do think that they'll come out just, you know, not on fire necessarily in terms of execution, but they will be playing as a team that's desperate to maybe get a tournament bid. So Tuesday night will be interesting. I still feel confident about it. Then you get Nebraska at home on that Thursday. Honestly, I don't care if we sleepwalk through that game and win by eight or, or five. It doesn't matter. Just get that win before the gauntlet. But what if, guy? I'm just saying what if. We're in the moment. We I just beat Minnesota I don't by 30. see it, but it'd be I, amazing. Yeah, no, I, I don't necessarily see it either, but that would be that would solidify National Player of the Year. It would certainly solidify the one seed and, and probably the top one seed not named Gonzaga or Baylor. And that would be, I mean, God, this, this season has the potential to be an all-timer. That would establish it before you even go to the NCAA tournament, that it would be an all-timer if you win out. Just saying. It could happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you definitely have the, no matter what the matchup is, you're going to have the best player on the court, right? So right. you're going to hang your hat on that. I just think that the depth of Michigan and the way you play against Ohio State, I, uh, it's hard after that performance, but I still, if I, if gun to my head, I'm saying one and two that final week. And it hurts, but I, I'm okay with it. But it'd be amazing, obviously, if you could go three and oh. You know what? If that is the case, Trevor, you're still 15 and five in the Big Ten. You're still the top two seed in the NCAA tournament because none of those losses yep. would be bad. And if, if that is that is potentially the consolation prize you're looking at. I mean, as you're, long as you just win this week, you are entering a final three game stretch where you can kind of just play play loose. I mean, certainly you got something to gain, but you don't have a lot to lose in those last three games. If you take care of business this week, I think your I mean your floor is locked in as like what the third best two seed at Probably. worst. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> it's and a good also, position also, to be in, man. It's amazing. Hey, you got to remember Go too. Besides Miller and Gonzaga, everyone else around you has been losing some games too. So none of them are locked in at their spot either. When the dust yep, settles, yeah. all these teams that are competing for that same thing, and Trevor, I know you've spoken to it. When the dust settles, I think that we're going to stub our toe less than other teams on that two line. So it already feels like that's kind of the floor. And really, this college basketball season, you look around, and there's Gonzaga, and there's Baylor, and I like these three Big Ten teams. Once you go beneath that, you, you, Alabama, I guess, has their moments. But, it, I mean, we're, we're already at Alabama in the conversation after that. And I'm sorry, I don't, I don't buy that. So I just think that there is a major opportunity here. I think the teams under Illinois are very much system teams, whereas it sort of feels like Illinois can just out-athlete whoever they're playing. Whereas, like, when Alabama's on and they're shooting, they can score 100 and some points in a conference game, and they did. But then they can also be down 20 to Missouri if they're not shooting. And I would I would throw Virginia in that category too, right? Where you never know what to do with Virginia because it's a, such a system team. Like if their thing is working and they can sort of shoehorn their opponent into that 52 to 50 game, then they could go all the way. But I don't see them forcing Illinois into that type of a situation if that matchup were to occur. Same thing with Iowa. Very much a system team. They're either going to score 100 points and win or they're going to give up 100 points and lose. So I, I agree that there's sort of like, a, and Houston, we we're just talking about Houston. I thought they were a great team. They've lost twice, once to Wichita, once to Tulsa in the last 17 or so days. So it does feel like below that, obviously, elite, elite, elite tier of Gonzaga and Baylor, you've got those three Big Ten teams. Maybe that sorts itself out to where there's only two of those Big Ten teams by the time it's Selection Sunday. And then after that, it's sort of like a giant question mark. 
Final thought of the day, guys. This is from Jeremy's Twitter timeline and IO's press conference. He says, we know the sense of urgency we have to play with. We know the season is winding down. To reach our goals, we have no margin for error. They're going to win out, aren't they? They're going to do it. Damn it. <laughs> this is this is 34-year-old carp. I've seen a lot of things as an Illini fan. I've never seen, ever. And we ne- we never will again, by the way. This kind of individual performance. And when you got that, what the hell? So, I, I, listen. If I were to make a prediction today, I will revise and say that they go two and one in that last week. They win the next two games, and that would get them at four, uh, 16 and four, which is one seed territory, depending on what Ohio State does, especially. But it is there, and that's pretty awesome as we sit here on February 20th. So, guys, we'll be back Tuesday. Isaac, have a great birthday dinner. Enjoy a few celebratory drinks as, as you should after that win. And you are what now, 23? Yes, I am. Getting old. Excellent, man. Well, happy birthday to you. A good birthday, a good start to your birthday after that Illinois yeah. win. And Trevor, you're 23 as well, right, Trevor? Yep. That blows my mind. You guys are far wiser at 23 than I was. I was a mess. Good Lord. You guys got your stuff together. All right, we'll talk to you guys Tuesday night, bright and early. 6 p.m. starts. We'll be around uh, 7 o'clock for the second half of the Breslin Center. Trevor Valise and the birthday boy, Isaac Ambrose. Take it easy, guys. See we'll see. Goat. He is. I can't argue that. He is the GOAT. And whew, trying to collect thoughts here about what we're watching and witnessing and GOAT, best ever, best season I've ever seen the Illini player have. And there's no sign that it's not going to continue. Right now, the scary thing in any situation like this, and it was the same thing in 0405. Please, guys, make a Final Four. Right? Don't, don't let this opportunity go to waste. And they didn't. By the skin of their teeth, they made the final four. But yeah, they didn't let that go to waste. And as I look at this team, when you see what Trent is doing as now your third guy, defensively, he's been fantastic. But offensively, what a game for him today. You see Kofi quietly, I think, have another double-double or another you know 16.8 rebound game. Georgie looking good offensively. Crabella with some good moves, and he did not get hurt. That's a good thing. Adam Miller continuing to shoot. And if he gets red hot, this team can win a damn national title. But you got Io. Oh, Jacob Grandison, double digits. Demonte doing things all over the court. That was as much of a team effort as we've seen all year. And you still have the triple double from Io. Remarkable. You're starting to play your best ball when it matters. And this, of course, will sound kind of silly if you compare it to the Northwestern and Nebraska podcast. And I said on the last solo pod Thursday that playing to your competition is a good and bad thing. Where if you're playing better teams and you show up for all those games against the better teams, you're going to be in good shape. And that might just be this team's MO. It might be where the game against Nebraska next Thursday is their least impressive game in the final stretch here in the Big Ten. It might just be that way. And that might be something we have to live with as long as they know when the lights are really at their brightest. And it does seem with that IO quote, if I'm reading into it as the fanboy in me would, it's possible. It is possible this team wins out. Jeremy had said on our last podcast Monday that I did with him, don't concede anything. And I agree. Don't concede anything. Michigan winning at Wisconsin. Thanks for nothing. Great guard. Put a dent in the Big Ten title thing. But you still can do this. That Ohio State-Michigan game is going to be a lot of fun. A lot of implications there. But this Illinois team has a chance to win a national title. You got the best player in Illinois history, arguably. Certainly the best season we've ever seen. And... The final thought is just enjoy it. I, I say that, and I know every single one of us is. I know that for a fact. 
I mentioned that when we criticized Io during the Northwestern podcast, it was because, listen, we love him. We admire him. He's the best we've ever seen. Ah, oh, why did it take until the last five minutes? Well, hey, you won that game. And it seems like seemingly any time that Io turns it on, you win that game. I don't see any reason to think he's not going to turn it on in every crucial moment this season. That may not be enough to beat Michigan and Ohio State. That may not be enough to win a national title. But every expectation we had at the start of the season is still right there for you. And that is an exciting place to be with, yeah, let's just say it, the best season we've ever seen from any Illini player. He's on the Mount Rushmore. It's incredible. And wow, how lucky are we? We get to watch this. And this year of all years, we get to experience Io DeSumo, who didn't have to come back, but thank goodness he did. All right, before we get out of here for the 200 level, a reminder, DP Doe online at dpdoe.com. Use coupon code Mike for $5 Cal Zones, $6 premium and construction zones. They deliver anywhere in Champaign Urbana. So go online to dpdoe.com, coupon code Mike at dpdoe.com. Fourth and Kirby online at fourthandkirby.com. Great new 217 t shirt that is going fast. So get yours today with coupon code 200 level, 10% off your order at Fourth and Kirby with coupon code 200 level. Finally, not, not finally, we got two more here. State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. Life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it. Brian hooked us up with a nice homeowners and auto bundle and great personalized service on top of great State Farm prices. Brianismyguy.com. And finally, Rector Construction online at rectorconstruction.com or give them a call at 217-281-7000 for a free estimate from a new roof to a crawl space inspection and everything in between. That is Rector Construction. Alana Inquire, the Champagne Showers Podcast Network, appreciate their partnership. We are 177 episodes into this program. We've done a lot this season, as we expected, and I'm having fun. This is fun, and it just makes the weekend better. It makes everything just glow a little bit brighter. The temperatures are warming up. We're getting close to spring. We're going to be watching Selection Sunday with that excitement and that buzz, the likes of which we haven't had since 05, thinking, hey, what's our path? to the final four. We're going to have all those conversations. In the meantime, enjoy every last moment that we get with Io DeSumo in an Illinois uniform, Kofi as well in case he leaves, and the team, which the supporting cast needs to be applauded today. They were fantastic. And if they continue to do that, you can win a title. Whew. Just the thought of it. I can't. <laughs> Just the thought of that, you know. A final four, I'd be over the moon, right? That, that to me is as long as you can hang that banner, it softens the blow if you don't win a national title. But I'm just saying it could happen. It could happen. You got the best, best player in the country. Sorry, Luca, but you do. All right. I could sit here and soak this in and ramble all day long, but time to go have a celebratory beverage, some good food, settle in on a cold, one of the hopefully last few cold days this year, and just enjoy this 12-3 and 3 Big Ten record and potential top four ranking when the AP comes out on Monday. All right, everybody, this is Decadence out of your head from our latest album, Fever Dreams, anywhere music is streaming. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, stay warm, and we will see you probably before Tuesday for that Michigan State game. It is the 200 level.